Welcome to the debut of the Sources Say Podcast, a brand new addition to the large and now growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim, and I am absolutely thrilled to be joined live at KS Bar and Grill by two of the best up-and-coming recruiting insiders in the game, and Jake Weingarten of StockRisers.com and Cats Illustrated, and Travis Graff of Cats Illustrated. Guys, how are you guys doing today? Doing good. A uh, lot cooler in here. Just came over from burning up at football practice. Doing so uh, excited to get this stuff on the road. After uh, weeks and weeks of scheduling this stuff and planning, and uh, you know, it's, it feels good to finally get this thing get this thing rolling. Um, oh, for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, now, before we get into the nitty gritty of all this stuff and and you know, really dive into it, let, uh, I just want to start the show by saying we are still actively looking for one or two weekly sponsors and would love to discuss your product right here on the show moving forward. Uh, if you think that you might be interested in something like this, feel free to DM me on Twitter at JackPilgrimKSR, or you can find me via email at jpilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. That is at JackPilgrimKSR on Twitter or email at Jack, jpilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. All right, game time. Let's get, in, let's get into some of the good stuff. Um, so obviously the biggest news that came from yesterday um, that we obviously have to jump into right now is, is the fact that the number one point guard in America, Dacian Nix, uh, cut his list to five last night, and four of the schools have been kind of, you know, known to be, you know, pretty, pretty prominent schools in his recruitment, UCLA, Kansas, Maryland, and, Air, and Alabama. Um, but he also decided to include Kentucky without even holding an offer. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into, you know, all of his recruitment and, and, you know, where he's leaning and what we're hearing about it, uh, let's just kind of talk about him as a player and as a point guard. Uh, six foot five, 205 pounds, NBA ready, size. Um, we all know that he's a, a great passer and, and, you know, great leader on the floor. Um, Travis, you know, watching him on, in, on film and highlights, uh, what do you think about Dacian Nick's game? Uh, I think he's got – Lonzo Ball level playmaking. Um, obviously, he's got a little bit taller, Isaiah Briscoe build. He's got a questionable jump shot, but I don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be. Okay. And my biggest question mark with him would probably be his defensive ability long term. Interesting. What do, what do you think about that, Jake? I agree. I'd say elite playmaker. I think jump shot needs improvement. Same with defense. But, yeah, I mean, he's a, an elite playmaker from Alaska, which is pretty cool. But his yeah, you don't see many uh, recruits coming out of Alaska, yeah, do you? Yeah, and I think I've said this multiple times. I think he's probably one of the most underrated five-star prospects in America. I mean, his playmaking just speaks for itself, and that's something I'd want on my team, Yeah, playmaker. And it, you know, it is interesting, the fact that he is considered the number one point guard in America, mm-hmm. but you look at his list, and UCLA, can't, you know, Kansas is a, mm-hmm. is a blue blood program, oh, but yeah. UCLA, Maryland, and Alabama – you know he's a he's a number one point guard in the country, but he's also just you know just a top twenty kid. Not yeah. you know I think one recruiting service has him as a top 10, uh, 10 prospect, but mm-hmm. um, you know I think those shooting concerns are and defense, are the, yeah. Um, Shooting, shooting first, though, I think that there are some legit concerns about that. Uh, I think the mechanics are a little off mm-hmm. and definitely need some tweaking. Um, but he, it, it's not like it, it's impossible for him to make a shot. He is a, a 
a score. He can score the basketball, mm-hmm. and, and he's a very he's a brilliant basketball player. He's you know if if he knows that he can't shoot or he's having a cold day, cold day, uh, he's the kind of guy that's going to go. Okay, I'm going to distribute for my teammates oh, yeah. and make sure that that everybody around me is is thriving. Um, you know, like you said, that you know he's just he's just a true playmaker. Guys want to play with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I think that's one thing you go to you know watching him at different camps, and I I saw him at the MBPA Top 100 camp, and uh, BJ Boston was actually his teammate and. And I talked to BJ after afterward, and he said, "Man, you just you, you don't realize how awesome it is to have a player on your team that is a is a pure passing guard through and through, and makes everyone and better." Absolutely, you know, you if you are a pure scoring guard, and we'll get into this in a little bit, but Kentucky is going after a ton of pure scoring guards to have a guy that can get you to your spots and, and create plays for you and create points, even if he's not the one scoring them. I mean, I I think there's a ton of value in that. Beneficial to everybody. Absolutely. Um, you know, looking at his recruitment itself, um, it's it's a uh, it's a very interesting one because I was told that this was not cut and dry that Kentucky was going to even make this list. Mm-hmm. Um, he cut his list to five yesterday, like we said, the, the the those five schools. The first four were were almost guaranteed to get on it, but oh, yeah. uh, there was a lot of speculation that Kentucky was was they were fighting for one of those last spots. Um, you know what what do you think kind of went into that? Uh, just the fact that that you know Kentucky is was on the outside looking in, even though. He has said that they are one of his dream schools. Growing, they were one of his dream schools growing up. Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious they're expecting an offer, and it's pretty obvious that they want the offer, which is probably the reason that they made that final five. And I'm hearing that a visit will probably happen. And but his camp's expecting an offer, so I think that's probably the main reason that they're in that five. Um, it was. It, it's pretty interesting that his camp. You know, I, I heard some a little bit of, of buzz that there was a lot of frustration within their camp that that uh, they felt all along that he was good enough to earn an offer, that he had done enough to earn an offer. And there was a sense of frustration that Kentucky has seen him play. You know, th- there was kind of a some buzz that they wanted to see him against elite competition and he, he wasn't on a major shoe shoe apparel well, when they went to see when they went to watch him play didn't they also one he also play now position yes play in small yeah, forward, absolutely I and that's a, that's another great point you know he that that was kind of the, the his camp's rebuttal was like okay you came to a camp where i they put me at small forward and i think that was the usa usa basketball camp you know they they saw him play at small forward he was out of position you know kind of like Isaiah Briscoe when he was at, at Kentucky and they put him at the three when he was a true one through and through and you know he never felt comfortable and you know Dacian even admitted after the camp that like you know I yes I think I did okay for you know what I'm capable of but I wasn't able to show my true abilities because I you know I'm a I'm a ball dominant player that makes plays for my teammates if I don't have the ball in my hand as a passer you know, he admitted, what What else do you want from me? Like, I'm not a – you know I'm not a spot-up shooter. You know I'm not a catch-and-shoot guy. I mean, you know, I'm, you know I struggle a little bit on defense, so I can't even make up for it on the other end. Like, I need the ball in my hands to be successful. You kind of went to a camp where – and you kind of judged me for not – uh, you know, not showing that ability because I didn't get that opportunity. So, yes, I, I do think that there is a sense of frustration. And though I think Dacian, if – and when he gets an offer, I do think that uh, Kentucky would jump all the way up on mm-hmm. his list. But there is there is absolute certainty that there was frustration within their oh, camp, yeah. and uh, it's. It, I don't know if that will be a long term effect on him because you know 
I th- you know, he's, he said a couple weeks ago that he was wanting to cut his, cut his list pretty soon and then uh, ultimately make a decision in, in, the, in the spring signing period. But Kentucky held off. So. And, and, and in his eyes, okay, if I'm not a priority, I can go somewhere where I'm the focal point of the guy. Of, of, yeah, I'm, I'm the guy. I can, be, I can run the show on, on offense at UCLA, Kansas, Maryland. And no. as, as of right now, I've had multiple people tell me that UCLA is probably in the driver's seat, but mm-hmm. as soon as he gets this coveted UK offer, I mean, like you said, they're going to jump up. I think it'll be them two neck and neck, depending on like how Alabama. UK wants to prioritize all the other recruitments. Yeah, and I, what's what's really interesting about his case is that he has strong. You know, I think his camp has really strong relationships with. Um, he has very strong relationships with with Maryland and Kansas. The the. Uh, uh, his camp does. I uh, know he really likes Alabama. He likes mm-hmm. the Oats, their their coach there. And he also visited UCLA, and he loves their campus, loves the weather there. I think I think he did an update with Evan Daniels today about it. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, there he could go any of these directions, and the fact that these visits are coming up over here in the, in the next couple of weeks, and you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see if Kentucky wants him to, you know, hold off on a commitment, or if do you think they'll want to see him play before they schedule? Like, you want to see him play the point guard spot? I think that they do. I think Kentucky – I think it would be smart. I heard from from somebody close to the U.K. staff that they do appreciate, you know, what he brings to the table as a passer and as a true leader and as a playmaker. But there are legitimate concerns with shooting, and they want to see, you know, okay, he, maybe he wasn't able to show that off at the USA basketball camp and where he was playing out of position. But give, you know, from Kentucky's end, give us the – Give us the opportunity before you make a commitment to be able to do that. Give us, give us an opportunity to show you how much of a playmaker you are and, and that you are the best passing guard in America, and then we'll talk. Mm-hmm. I think Calipari definitely wants to um, go out to Vegas and watch him. You know, even, if, even if he can't watch him in a live game setting, at least go see him in practice one-on-one. See, you know, just they want to be 100% before that offer goes out. I know like, that there's some question marks around the shooting and defensive ability, but – Cal's shown that he can coach up the defense, and there's a lot to be liked about the thought of the elite scorers, B.J. Boston already committed, and like Jalen Green, Josh Christopher around an elite playmaker like that. There's a lot to love about that. Well, funny you should bring that up because there's also some recent speculation. I know we, you know, we're, we are friends with uh, – David Sisk, you know, he's a, a fantastic uh, reporter over at uh, Great guy. Rivals.com. You know, he, I met him uh, at an EYBL session, I think, two or three years ago. We watched Zion Williamson together down there. He's a great guy. You know, he, he reaches out to me for stuff. I reach out to him. You know, he's, he's a great dude. He told me last night that he heard that, uh, that, he, that Knicks is actually interested in playing with all three of Jalen Green, Josh Christopher, and B.J. Boston, which that's – that's a whole new level of crazy. That's I mean, a sexy lineup. I mean, if you if you want to, you know, Calipari after missing out on Infali Dante, and you know, we might be able to touch on that in a little bit if if we have time. Um, you know, for that, you know, he, he he's g- thinking about getting silly with a with a small ball idea, and you know, playing Khalil Whitney at the four this year, and and all that stuff. And you know, if if you're John Calipari, you think, all right, you want to get really crazy? <laughs> Let's put Let's put B.J. Boston at, at, as a small ball four and, you know, sign Next whoever time. at the five, sign Isaiah Todd, sign It, it would sign look whoever. like his old Memphis Day team yeah. just running up and down the court, out, athleting yeah. people, scoring oh, yeah, at will. Yeah, absolutely. You say, all right, 
yes, we know that we're probably undersized. We know that we're, we don't have a lot of, you know, thickness, strength down low. But you need to guard us, too. You need to, you know, you try, to compete. Athletic squad. You try to compete with us scoring-wise. I mean, could you imagine having three scorers and a like, like, like Jalen Green, Josh Christopher, and B.J. Boston, three pure scorers through and through, and then, and then say, hey, let's give them the best passing guard in the nation and watch them work. I mean, that's, that's unstoppable. Ju- that, just the idea of that is crazy. I, um, I talked to somebody at, at UK a couple, couple weeks ago and kind of just – entertain the idea when I was asking, okay, what's, what's his deal with Knicks? What, you know, is that is, you know, is an offer coming? How are you guys handling that recruitment? Um, and I said, okay, yes, I know that your their word was pie in the sky. Their, their dream scenario is getting all three of Jalen Green, Josh Christopher and BJ Boston. And I said, but you have Dacian Knicks who is all but begging to get a, to get an offer What do you think about the idea of getting all four? And he, you know, they, they were kind of like, Sure. Yes, the the idea of that sounds absolutely incredible, but UK only has one of them right now. Let's kind of slow play that a little bit. You know, we're talking about getting four of the four. We, you know, Kentucky only has one of them right now, so let's slow play it a little bit. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that you that Coach Cal decides to just go. You know what? The big man class is not all that great for next year. They love Isaiah Todd. They, you know, obviously. They're very interested in, in uh, Cliff Omarui and uh, Lance Ware. Um, but outside of those guys, they're not in that great a position with Probably. any of the other big guys. So I wouldn't be shocked, honestly, if they just said, you know what, let's just go all in and, and, and just say screw it and, and go for it. Um, it's getting a little wacky doing that, but uh, it would definitely be interesting nonetheless. Um, while we are – Obviously, talking about you know Jalen Green and Josh Christopher, who I think are UK's top two priority players in the class right now. Um, you know, let's just you know, and, and let's just kind of go in, into their situations and and uh, what we think about them, uh, like we do with the Knicks. Let's kind of break down their both of their games first and uh, just kind of see what we think about them. Uh, we'll start with Jalen Green. Um, you know, six foot five, one hundred eighty pounds, rail thin, um, but the dude has a thirty eight inch vertical. Yeah, and <laughs> he's only getting more athletic as he's getting older. He's a he is just growing. Uh, I was actually uh, at, at Peach Jam I talked to an uh, another high major assistant coach who said that they don't even know if, if he really knows how to play fundamental basketball right now. He is almost 100% athleticism. pure athleticism and, and just kind of, you know, he's just, his instincts are there. He's just a naturally gifted basketball player. And when he actually gets some high-level coaching and, and does all that, I mean, they think that he can be a legitimate NBA superstar. I agree. So, yeah, Jake, we'll start with you. What do, what do you think about his game and uh, kind of how he, how he translates to the college game? Well, I agree. I think without his athleticism, I don't know what he'd be. So it makes you think if you put him in a system like Kentucky or if you put him in a college system, it just makes you think how high is his ceiling going to be. He's already got the athleticism, which made him a top five player in the country. So what happens when he learns the, the fundamentals and – being a not that he's not a real basketball player, but once he yeah, learns, and I, I didn't I didn't mean to no, say no, the, dude, yeah. the dude just picked up a basketball yesterday and, and said, dunk. oh, here's a here's a goal, you know, he and then 38 he, inches in the air, <laughs> yeah, he 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 knows how to play the game, but he's just so new new to he's, you know he's just new to the game, the, the pure fundamentals. He, he just has that natural instinct where he just says, okay, well, this isn't working for me right now, so I'm just going to go dunk on somebody's head, or, or yeah, I, you know. 
I know I can beat this guy off, off the dribble uh, in front of me. I know that there's not another person in front of me that can guard me one-on-one. So I'm going to take the ball to the rim and dunk on him or, or finish strong at the rim or get an and-one. Like, he is, he is that kind of instinctual, pure, athletic basketball player. Oh, yeah. um, Travis, what do you think about his game? Um, talking to somebody close to him, somebody in his camp, he told me, quote, thank Malik Monk athleticism with Jamal Murray ball skills. He's an alpha male, elite slasher, elite athleticism, smooth can guard one through three, makes the right play nine times out of ten, too unselfish, amazing in transition. Said that this is going to excite UK people. Uh, said that he wants him to go to Kentucky because Cal Perry will strengthen his strengths and hone in his weaknesses, which are his mid-range pull-up and his left hand. So, so you mean to tell me that – he is a mix of Malik Monk and Jamal Murray. That's Are you I kidding mean, me? This guy knows his game better than anybody else. Oh, my goodness. That is, like, when you think of a pure athlete, you think of, you think of Malik Monk. You think of a guy that just can jump over every, everybody. And, and, you know, I mean, you saw his highlights at Kentucky. I mean, he was – and his, his high school highlight reel is just something that we, we've just hardly ever seen before. I mean, well, that, he dude's, that dude's a super stud. He thinks if – he goes to Kentucky. He's a lock for the number one pick. That's what he told me. Well, and I mean, I think that I think he said he's got lot. great defensive potential too. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to the fact that Calipari could be able to maximize his his strengths and oh, yeah. minimize his weaknesses. I oh mean, yeah. I mean, he has dealt with high level athlete guys like that. I mean, you know. Hamadou Diallo is, is one of those guys that came in as a pure athlete, you know, all that. And I know he didn't have the season that uh, a lot of people expected. But, you know, he, he, Calipari was still able to minimize, on that minim, team. minimize a lot of those, those, those weaknesses that he had and still, still build around him and kind of and, and try to adjust to his strengths as much as he could. Um, and, I mean, when you get a guy like Jalen Green, who, like I said, is just so skilled, nat- nat- pure natural ability and pure natural skill, and you, you let John Calipari mold him into whatever the heck he wants him to be, I mean, that is – I think he could be a number one pick out of that. I agree. Oh. Uh, that's, I agree 100%. That's crazy. Um, but before we get too crazy about – the you know what what he would look like at the college you know college level and all that we got to talk about whether the fact he's even going to make it to a college campus. Um, there was a report today uh, that came out from Emiliano uh, Carcia of Sportando who said that Green is deciding between playing high school at Prolific Prep in Napa, California, or going overseas and playing at Stella Azura in Italy, or uh, going into the Australian league, which. Definitely throws a wrench into this whole situation, considering the fact that he said that he is going to uh, make a college decision on December 25th. Mm. You know, it's kind of tough to make a college decision on 20, December 25th when you are packing your bags and going overseas to play your final year of high school basketball. Uh, before the show, we actually got a bit of scoop uh, for Travis. Why don't you tell, tell them what that was? What that was? Well, I sent the screenshot of the tweet to the same person that I talked to about Jalen Green's game. I sent it to him, and I asked him if there was anything to this. He said, no, that's all BS. So, either he's blowing smoke or he's telling the truth. And, see, my thing is he's still talking about scheduling college visits. Mm-hmm. He's not going to do that if he is going to be going overseas. Exactly. And, Jake, you said you had a little bit of something on, on – uh, in terms of Jalen Green's visits as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I heard that 
well, it's obvious that he's planning that Kentucky visit with Josh, but I'm also hearing that he's trying to get down to Memphis again, which makes that report interesting because why are you planning college visits? If, one, you have a commitment date in December, and, two, you're thinking of going overseas, why plan college visits? Yeah, uh, we, we actually got a, another update of, of fake news. So that's – that. you know, I do I think – I I do think that there is a lot of – truth to the fact that you know I, I don't think it's a done deal that he's not going overseas oh eventually. for sure for sure I do th- and, and you know I think that with all due respect to some of the other national uh r- reporters out there and all that Jalen Green's recruitment is way more open than a lot of people are thinking I know I am certain I, I've heard from uh, several people that Memphis the Memphis coaching staff believes they have him locked up and believe they've had him locked up for uh, you know, several months to up to a year now. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's all well and good. And I think that's where a lot of the momentum came from. I think that he, you know, Memphis got his first visit and I think he has a great relationship with Penny Hardaway. And I do think that they are a legitimate contender. Um, but I don't think people are giving enough credit to the Kentucky coaching staff mm-hmm. and what Joel justice has done, uh, on the recruiting trail. I mean, the fact that, that he was willing to, to fly to Greece to watch him play in the FIBA uh, Team USA event. I mean, if he's willing to do that and, and, you know, constantly recruit him, constantly show that he is a massive priority for Kentucky, to not even entertain that interest or, or that offer, I mean, I just, I, just think that, I just think that's bogus. I think there's no way that, that Kentucky is not a player in this, in this recruitment. Um, How would you, you handicap his recruitment? Like, chances UK, Memphis, overseas. As of today, I, I lean Kentucky. I, I absolutely think that Kentucky, the Kentucky coaching staff mm-hmm. is sold on, and I know we're going to get into Josh Christopher in a minute, but the Kentucky coaching staff is sold on Jalen Green and Josh Christopher and B.J. Boston as their big three. That, yeah. Like I said earlier, that is their pie in the sky. That's who, who they want to go all in on. And, you know, when you're that confident in, in, in the fact that they don't – those are the only three guys – the only two guys that have committable offers right now. I mean, Sharif Cooper is not coming to Kentucky. He, I, I, I think he's an Auburn. I, I do not think that think he, Auburn, he has yeah. a committable offer for Kentucky anymore. I think he is, I think he is waiting out the Auburn situation to see if, if the NCAA is going to come down on them following the FBI scandal, and if nothing comes of it, he is 100% Auburn. If not, Georgia. He, he visited Georgia. He visited Georgia Tech. Yeah. Georgia was more recent too. Yeah, good, you know, good for him. He can, you know, I, I like him as a guy. I like him as a player and all that. I just don't think it's a good fit. Um, with him at Kentucky, he can go wherever he wants. I just, I am, I am holding my ground here that he will not play at Kentucky. Um, and you know, obviously, Kentucky is going to monitor Cade Cunningham's situation. They are mm-hmm. going to see. You know, I know Oklahoma OK State. OK State. They were they were involved in the FBI scandal and, and all that stuff as well. And you know, if if they decide if the NCAA decides one day to come crashing in on their program, that could obviously open the door for a new situation. And then we're and then we're talking about you know. Whole, you know, who knows at that point? But as of today, Kate Cunningham is the only. Yes, he could technically commit. He is a, you know, he is an option. But everybody knows that he's Oklahoma State bound. So, in terms of reasonable, committable offers, the only guys they have right now are, are BJ or uh, Josh Christopher and, and Jalen Green. And so- if you're that confident. 
to, to where you only have two offers out right now. And, and that's, that's part of the reason why they've been so hesitant for Daisha Nix. Yes, they love their game. They see him as, you know, they think that he could be a good fit there and, and all that. But they don't want to risk the potential of, of that big three crumbling. Mm-hmm. And I think something with Jalen Green and Memphis is I think a lot changed when R.J. Hampton made his decision because you remember back back when Jalen and R.J. were thinking about teaming up at Memphis. So I think a lot changed when R.J. opted to go overseas and then the whole Jalen and Josh Christopher thing came along. So I think that's – a lot of people are saying Memphis, but I think a lot changed when R.J. Hampton made his decision and not a lot of people look at that. So Absolutely. that's something to look and, at and also. I think, I think Sam Mitchell leaving Penny's staff, I know his family had a fantastic relationship with him and uh, – and when when he left, I, I I don't it didn't hurt their chances a lot, but you know if 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 you're a um, if you're fifty fifty between Kentucky and Memphis, and your go your go to guy uh, at at Memphis or at least one of one of their go to guys at Memphis decides to leave the coaching staff, that might just be enough to sway in Kentucky's favor. So um, no, I do not think this recruitment is done. I do not think he's going overseas for his senior year of high school basketball. I think that is that is false. Um, but it, it will be interesting to see how these next few months unfold. I I was told that you know uh, piggybacking on on Jake's news about uh, Josh and and Jalen trying to schedule a visit together. I think that they're that the UK coaching staff would be open to something like that. But they also want to make sure that each of them gets the attention and and praise that they deserve. I mean, the, we're talking about two top ten players in the country. You know, BJ Boston, he got – on his visit to Kentucky, he got – you know, he was able to get wine and dine. He was – Jeff you know, Rubies. You know, he <laughs> – Yes, he, you know, he got his own weekend where the Kentucky coaching staff was able to just dive in on him and say, okay, here's how we're going to use you in this offense. Here is why, you, why we think that you're going to be the next big thing at Kentucky. And that won him over in the end. I mean, he was able to be prioritized one-on-one and like that. And I think the Kentucky coaching staff would say, I mean, if they're dying to come together and all that, we'll, we'll make it work. We'll be able to, you know, make sure they both feel prioritized and all that. But – do you at think the same that they time, would want them here at the same time? Because, like me and Jake said, we both heard that they're planning, they're, quote, planning on a day or trying to figure out a day mm-hmm. where they can both come. Do you think that the staff would cater to that, or do you think the staff would want to do it? Absolutely. Like, I yeah. think they would cater to what they would want. Absolutely. Like I oh, said, yeah. I mean, they, they they are open-minded to it. They're not – if they say, hey, we want to come on X, on – Big Blue Madness, and we want to no. do this. They're going to go. All right, of let's course. make it happen. If we want to make this big recruiting weekend, let's freaking do it. You know, exactly. they're they're they are open to it, but they also want them to know. Hey, you guys are priorities individually, not as. I mean, yes, we love you as a package deal. Again, that's their dream scenario, mm-hmm. but they also want them to know that you know you guys are individual priorities for us, and we we appreciate both of your abilities individually as, you know, as, as your own players, not as, as a collective unit. So, mm-hmm. yes, that's a uh, very interesting, um, you know, aspect of it, narrative. But uh, as for today's report of um, the overseas for, for senior year rumors, I do not think uh, that there's tr- there, there is much, if any, truth to that at all. Um, while we are on Josh Christopher's, um, you know, while we're talking about him and all that, let's you know, kind of let's break down his game just like we did for the other two guys. Um, you know, six foot five, two hundred pound guard. Um, what's the most fascinating aspect about about him for me is the fact that he is uh, 
he averaged almost six six assists per game on Pe- at Peach Jam. He is a Super combo skill. guard through and through. Yes, he is probably better as a, as a shooting guard, but Kentucky feels that he is good enough to run the point. Mm-hmm. So yes, maybe this wacky getting all four scenario works where Dacia Nix joins in and, you know, things get really crazy, sure, then he could play it as natural too. Um, but Kentucky is not worried about going for another true point guard in this class. Like, if, if they feel that Josh Christopher is, um, you know, is willing to come on board, they're going to go all in on him and it, that's going to be that. They love what they saw at Peach Jam. They loved his ability. I mean, he ran, he ran, their, he ran the Vegas Elite, Vegas Elite offense at, at Peach Jam and was, was the, the go-to guy um, of their offense. And, you know, he's a competitor. He's a strong, strong finisher. He, uh, he didn't shoot, shoot all, all that well at Peach Jam, but he is a guy that will be able to knock down plenty of jump shots at, 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 college, at the college level. Um, I am a huge fan of his game. I oh, yeah. might even say that I like – Christopher's game a little bit more. I agree. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm bullish on Christopher. He's Jalen. I don't want to get too too crazy because I know I I appreciate Jalen Green's game, but I am as high on Josh Christopher as you could possibly get. I agree. So, after my long drawn out spiel, what do you guys think of him? My my thing is the most underrated aspect of his game is his ability as a combo guard, and Mm -hmm. I definitely think Cal could work with bringing him in here as Tyreek Evans 2.0. Oh, that's a great comparison. Running the offense, big guard. Because he's going to be able to get into the paint at will. And then, like I said, underrated facilitator. And he can score at the basket pretty easily, but he's got to work on the jump shot. But here, I mean, he's not really going to have to depend on that because, I mean, if he's the lead guard. Here's my thing. I think UK should go with, if they don't get Knicks, they should go with quickly. Well, quickly. Assuming green, he, yeah, he returns yeah, for junior year. If he year, returns, yeah. yeah. Quickly, Green, Christopher, BJ, one through four, but all can bring the ball up. All can initiate the offense. That's one of those things. If you if you sport if if you put out a lineup like that, it's basically whoever is at the baseline at the time just take the ball and go. Yeah. You know, it, it's one of those things that it's like you, you get the rebound. You are so confident. You know, BJ Boston. He's a guy that. I, you know, I kind of saw him as a Brandon Ingram, uh, you know, that long scoring wing. And then I saw him, you know, at, at EYBL and then, of course, at Peach Jam. And his ball handling skills were just as impressive as, as you know, his, his scoring ability. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when you have a natural scoring wing like that who is so confident and comfortable in bringing the ball to the floor and, and doing all that, I mean – you can if you're, if you're you're Calipari, you just say, you know what? I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know, you know, if if Knicks comes, if it's quickly. However, if you just have four big guards and and just say, you know what? I don't know how this is going to work, but screw it, let's just go for it. I think that's something that would absolutely work. Um, sure. um, so yeah, that's it's a. Uh, I, I'm a very, very big fan of Christopher's game. Um, I definitely agree with what you said, though. I put him in the same breath as Jalen Green. I think I think his IQ is better than Jalen Green's. You think? Really? That's that's just my opinion. I think I think the IQ is there. He's just so skilled, and yeah, his playmaking is definitely underrated. And that's where you look at Dacian Nix. If you bring in a playmaker like that, and then you have like another kind of sort of playmaker like Josh Christopher, who could also facilitate. I mean, and score the ball. I mean, that's, that's well, ridiculous. See, B.J. Boston's trainer told me as well whenever I interviewed him a while back, right after he committed, he said that the most underrated thing about his game is his ability to find the open man. Like, he's mm-hmm. wired to score, but 
great passer that nobody really pays attention to that. So it's a team full of scorers and playmakers is not it's, something it's, I complain that'd about. Be, that'd be scary. Um, looking at Christopher's recruitment, um, we all know that – that Christopher came out and said, you know, several, several months back that uh, Kentucky was his dream school growing up. And, yes, we hear the dream school talk nonstop. And I know that I know I can hear you all groaning through, through however you guys are listening to this. I know you're groaning, but hear me out. This is not like Jaden McDaniels where, it, where it's a, oh, yes, I enjoyed watching them, watching them growing up. I, you know, I, enjoy, I appreciate Coach Cal. You know, it, it's not one of those situations where, where, yes, they like the school, but they're not willing to do whatever it takes to go to that school. This is a player that has been waiting on this Kentucky offer since he was, like, 11 years old. He used to walk around, you know, go to school with a U.K. sweatshirt on almost every single day. He loved Kentucky. And I talked to him, him at Peach Jam, and he even said – I even have to catch myself nowadays, you know, walk, you know, walk into, you know, through school or to the mall or wherever I'm going. I have to catch myself because I'll throw on a Kentucky sweatshirt and go, oh, hey, I'm a top 10 recruit in the nation and people are watching my every move. You know, this is, this is a guy that grew up a diehard K- Kentucky fan and was waiting for this offer for a very, very long time. And there is a reason that the second Kentucky pulled that pulled the trigger on an offer that they jumped to the top of his list oh, and, yeah, for sure. and that that everybody started pegging him to Kentucky. I mean, it's 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 not a coincidence. This is not something that it, that is a secret by any means. I mean, he is openly a Kentucky fan or was a Kentucky fan growing up, and he would love the opportunity to play Kentucky. Now, the only aspect of this that you that you need to watch is that. Yes, he does have a lot of ties to a lot of other schools. He is – his brother is a freshman at Arizona State this year, who they are obviously very close. I mean, they are brothers after all. Um, his cousin is a strength clo- coach at Missouri. Um, he is very, very, very good friends with Sharif O'Neal uh, at UC- UCLA. And, you, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard his story with his health issues mm-hmm. and, you know – Obviously, everybody's rooting for him to recover well and, and you know, make a, an impact at the college level this year. Maybe he's a one-and-done after this year. Maybe, you know, I, I think if, if that's the case, then their situation thrown out. I think Josh might even be factoring that in, that uh, Sharif's going to be wanting to go to, the pro, go to the pros as soon as possible, and that might not mm-hmm. even work anyway. Um, and you also have to factor in that uh, – they do like Jawan Howard. They do, you know, kind of, kind of like the whole Penny situation where there's that intrigue of a former NBA, former college star um, finding his groove at the college level and kind of becoming that first, um, you know, his first major class. There is that intrigue there, but I don't see them as a legitimate long-term suitor for him. Um, I genuinely think that I don't, I don't know how Kentucky's going to work these visits out with, with Christopher and, and Green, mm-hmm. but – Christopher is getting is taking an official visit to Kentucky. There is there is no doubt no in my doubt. mind that that's going to happen, um, and when that happens, I, I think it's not a, it's a matter of, of when, not if. You know, I, I think he is I think he is a heavy heavy Kentucky lean, and it's basically all about who is going to join him and how the Kentucky staff wants to make that happen. Uh, is that kind of the sense you guys get with this? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, Something interesting I heard a while back was that they want to make sure that Josh is 100% with Jalen in wanting, in wanting to play in college. They, 
because Jalen is about far and away the the most uh, prioritized player in this class, mm -hmm. that they wanted to make sure that they were a true package deal. And I think that once that visit is solidified, that Josh Christopher will commit like soonly after that visit. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a uh, very interesting and, and important aspect of this. Um, one thing I will add is uh, – so I was at, I was at Peach Jam. There was a a game between Vegas Elite and Team Why Not featuring Jalen Green versus Josh yeah. Christopher, and uh, it was so funny that that they are as as friendly as they are off the floor. They are so competitive on the floor if they are not teammates. If they're teammates, they're best friends. So their chemistry's there. I mean, there's no problem. You know, there's no question about that. But. Uh, at, going against each other they are at each other's throats because they know how good one another is and they almost expect you know iron sharpens iron they are one of those those guys that they want to go at each other's throats because they expect they expect greatness out of one another and uh that matchup was so entertaining and seeing the banter between Jalen's dad, uh Marcus Green and Josh's dad uh Laren Christopher those two going at each other was hilarious. In fact, there was one, there was one instance where, uh, I don't know if, I don't remember if it was a big foul or um, whatever the case was, but they started barking at each other and getting into it, and they actually got in each other's faces, and, and everybody was like, where the heck is this coming from? They're best friends off the floor. How, you know, what's this? And uh, I, I talked to Marcus after, after the game and kind of was like, is, you know, is, what was that about? Is, you know, is, he was like, "Oh, we're best friends. We're just messing around. You know, we're, you know, we're we're super. We're comfortable enough with each other to, you know, mess around at a highly competitive. You know, I'm, I want my son to win Peach Jam just as much as he wants his son to win Peach Jam. And you know, that's just what happens. We're competitive. We're competitive guys. We would love our sons to play together in college. We are, you know, we, we appreciate their relationship, but you know, we're 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 just joking around. So that was that was pretty funny uh, watching the." All the coaches in the stands and, and all the fans going, are, are we about to see a fight between two of the parents of two of the best prospects in the nation? But uh, it, was, it was very entertaining, and um, I'm very excited about their upcoming recruitments and, and seeing when those visits happen. And, um, you know, hopefully that ends up with uh, them both landing at Kentucky. Um, Moving on past the, you know, kind of the big three, uh, there's also another guy out there that is kind of the, the breakout star of the summer. Uh, his name is J.J. Trainer out of Bardstown. And if you don't know his name, you're not the only one. Um, I know Jake said before when we were prepping for this, he was like, dude, i got to be totally honest with you. I, I don't know a whole lot about his game, and that's kind of the point. Unknown to four-star. That, I had no clue who he, who he was heading into the summer, of, if I'm being completely honest. Absolutely. I mean, he is a guy that nobody had any idea who he was, and uh, and he kind of had this, this incredible summer where, where Evan Daniels kind of said he was the breakout star of the summer and said he's going to go from no-star, unranked player. He didn't – I mean – you go to his rivals profile. He doesn't even have a rivals profile right now. You go to his twenty four seven sports page. He has his name listed in a picture and no other information yeah, about no him stars. other than that the fact that he's from Bardstown, Kentucky. He is a no star through and through. But by the time the new new rankings come out, he's going to be a four star kid. Uh, Travis, what do you know about his game? Well, I'm actually friends with some of the Bardstown coaching staff, some of the assistants, and uh, I actually played basketball out in Bardstown, uh, same region as JJ and they all said that 
he has strengthened parts of his game, but he's really still raw as a prospect. Okay. Um, really elite rim protector in the fifth region. Granted, I I played in the fifth region. I was a six-two center, so I would expect him to <laughs> uh, be able to block kids like me. But my thing with JJ is I'm skeptical. I'm sure he must have done really well in AAU to get noticed. Uh, but the fifth region isn't that um, difficult a competition. And he averaged 11 or 12 points and, like, seven or eight rebounds. Like I said, I was a 6'2 center. I averaged, like, eight and eight. So, <laughs> I don't know. Where are your the, offers? Where's the disconnect there? <laughs> yeah, uh, my offer's right here sitting here talking about the guys getting offers. The, uh, but one of the assistants told me the other day that he's, like, he's listed at, like, 190, 195, but really he's, like, 6'7", 170. So, he's going to have to – one of the assistants said that it was his opinion that – he needs a red shirt his freshman year, no matter where he goes, just for strength and conditioning reasons. Very interesting. Um, I talked to his head coach uh, at Bardstown, Boo Brewer, great guy. Um, he, he, so he, he kind of talked about his personality a little bit, and I'll have a, a post on, on KSR here in a little bit about my conversation with him. Um, but he, he was – kind of said that his personality was almost too laid back over the last several years and that it almost impacted um you know his his training and his development and and how he didn't almost didn't take it seriously enough and um it's like he said he kind of realized this summer that something clicked and and that he he can be a high level uh recruit you know a a four-star maybe Maybe at the very, very, you know, at the very most, a low-end five-star, um, and you know, it's like something clicked for him, and he realized, okay, that I can end up being what my potential is. I, I have a high ceiling, and it's like he's, he he kind of realized that. Yes, he is incredibly raw right now. Um, you know, like like Travis said, six foot eight, barely 170 pounds right doesn't now. Doesn't really have a defined skill set either. Has like some wing skills, has some big man skills, but doesn't excel at one or the other. Yes, he is. Mm -hmm. He's needs a lot of work to be done um you know not a great offensive you know post skill set um just just very raw player but his potential is through the roof um i know that evan daniels kind of equated his situation to jackson hayes who as you guys may know he actually ended up becoming a slight kentucky target there at the very end of his recruitment but uh you know kentucky kind of jumped in too late and and you know that that ended up falling through and he ended up going to Texas where, as you know, his situation, he's now, he ended up being a lottery pick and is now playing with Zion Williamson in, in New Orleans next year. Um, you know, he is a, you know, high potential, long, defensive minded, athletic big. And, you know, those close to him kind of feel like he can end up being that Jackson Hayes type player. Um, obviously, like Travis said, he has a long way to go. Don't jump on the hype train quite yet of, you know, him being a surefire superstar Definitely a and project. all that. He is a project big, and you know what? That is perfectly okay. You know, that's that's just, you know. Could you see Kentucky if, like, there's a mass, mass exodus after the season taking a flyer on him as, like, the seventh or eighth guy in the class? Okay, so Kentucky um, – Kentucky is obviously – they like taking on in-state guys, but they don't like overloading their roster with them. Oh, they'll yeah, take sure. one every once in a while. And, you know, they'll, they took Dante Allen this year. They've taken Dominique Hawkins and Derek Willis. And, you know, if there is one of, you know, one of those in-state guys that they are confident in their, their abilities as long-term players, then, yes, they are willing to take a flyer on them and do all that. 
Um, yes, I do think that there will be a mass exodus after this year. I think the Kentucky staff is expecting um, Dick Richards, EJ Montgomery, and Nate Sestina, obviously, to, to leave. Um, so they will have zero front court players next year. So, yes, I do see a scenario where Kentucky would come in late and go, you know what? I think that we might be willing to, you know, we, we have some space on the roster for a project. Uh, so you project think he'd big. redshirt? I don't know if he would redshirt. Um, Calipari it, I mean, hardly I th- ever redshirts. I think it just depends on, on how his game develops this year. I think this is a very important year for him. Mm-hmm. If, if he has the right mindset going into this year, just like his head coach said he does right now, and he realizes, hey, I want a Kentucky offer, or I want a Louisville offer, or I want to be a high major uh, elite talent. If he continues at this same progression, I think he won't redshirt. I think he could be a um, – I don't know. He'd definitely not start at Kentucky right away, um, but he would start at – you know. Uh, I know his, his coach said that he's interested in Missouri and Texas is on him and DePaul is very high on him. And, uh, you know, there are a couple – you know, Michigan, uh, Juwan Howard reached out to him. Um, there's a lot of those those type schools there, and I think he could play there. Um, as you told me the top two right now for him are Western Kentucky and Cincinnati. Yes, but and that, I mean that he's probably going to be getting a huge influx of offers though here and, soon. And so. that was the that was the point I'm I'm going to make now with his in terms of his recruitment. Um, his very first offer was Georgetown, like Georgetown College, Kentucky, and. Then WKU and Murray State and schools like that trickled in. And then now he recently received an offer from Cincinnati. So he's starting to slowly make that that progression up. Um, He has a visit scheduled to Louisville, a visit scheduled to Kentucky for Big Blue Madness, and he has a second unofficial visit scheduled for Cincinnati. Um, And as you said, he's very high on on Cincinnati as well because they prioritized him early and kind of realized that he was a diamond in the rough type player and you know that kids appreciate that kind of love um so yes it, it will be very interesting to see where you know as of right now i think he'll end up staying in state i think he'll end up with um or local you know cincinnati being a legitimate option as well um but i think yeah i think we'll have to see how this next year goes i i think he'll have to be a late signee i mean if if he wants to go to a high level school he'll have to sign in the spring he'll have to go through the season first absolutely i think kentucky will be at a bunch of his events um and you know we'll we'll just have to see i mean his situation is very interesting i i I do like him as a prospect as a as a long-term project prospect um but yeah we'll have to see um i will note that uh while talking to his his coach uh coach brewer he said that um, I, I said, you know, it, a guy that got his first offer from Georgetown, a um, guy that his recruitment has not been all that serious for a very long time. I said, is, is he the kind of guy that's going to be super star, starstruck with a Juwan offer phone call or a Coach Cal in, in home visit where he says, you know what, let's make this happen? You know, is he the kind of guy that will go, oh, my goodness, I'm actually being recruited by these big schools. Is he, it will, will he thrive under that pressure of a, hey, I'm actually a high-level guy? Or, you know, is he more comfortable as a WKU, Murray, you know, that, that kind of player? And uh, he said that when Coach Cal – or actually it was Kenny Payne that called the very first time. Uh, he's, Coach Brewer said, uh, Kenny Payne called me, and uh, immediately after I walked over to JJ and I said, hey, man – Kenny Payne really likes you, and he really wants to bring you in on a visit and, and uh, thinks that he, that um, that might be a good fit in Lexington. And instead of going, 
oh my goodness, that's you know that's that's crazy. I don't know what you know. He said, yes, sir. Thank, tell him thank you. <laughs> it's like yeah, he's he's one of those guys that's just he is very professional, a you know high character kid. His dad. Um, his dad played at Louisville for two years, former McDonald's All-American, uh, Mr. Kentucky or Mr. Basketball in Kentucky. Um, you know, he's he's a a very very high qual- high character, high quality kid. Um, and yeah, I'm I I like him a lot. And if Kentucky decides to extend an offer, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't think that there's. Um, I asked if there's any favoritism toward uh, Louisville because his dad did go there. And, and Boo. Yes. Oh yeah. And and Boo obviously he who also played at Kentucky. Uh, played at Louisville said that there's no pressure on him whatsoever uh, everybody in his camp obviously they they love Louisville and all that but Kenny Payne also did play at Louisville and he did play with with uh, his dad so it's like you know it's it's one of those situations situations that um, it, there are connections elsewhere and and he's a uh, you know he's he's not tied down to any school. He's not he's he's very wide open. And if Kentucky wants to get in, involved in this race, uh, it can happen. Um, and with that, I believe we are out of time. And uh, <laughs> we had a good time. Uh, oh yeah. We we were gonna start getting into you know Isaiah Todd, Cliff Omarui, Lance Ware, some of you know some of those guys. But uh, we'll we'll have to get into that stuff next week. Um, you know, before we jump off, why don't we tell you guys tell everyone how to find you on social media and where they can find some of your work. Um, on Twitter, I'm at Trav underscore Graph, and uh, actually just dropped my own podcast. Uh, it's called the Cat with a Power K Scan oh, that's Podcast. A good, that's that's oh, a good yeah. work. That's, that's good cool. work. People love that Power K. <laughs> but, uh, uh, we just released our first episode yesterday, and it's on Spotify, so you can find that. And then uh, Twitter page is uh, at the cat with a K scan pod. Very cool. What about you? What about you, Jake? I'm on Twitter at Jake Weingarten, and I got my my website going, StockRisers.com, and then I got Cats Illustrated and CardinalSports.com as well. So. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, I'm at Cats, Cats Illustrated too. Uh, shout out Justin Rowland for <laughs> letting us do this. Yes, we we really Facts. appreciate. You know, this is kind of a makeshift group of individuals. I know. Uh, you know, sometimes people think that media entities kind of hate each other and all that stuff. So, That's not true. You no, know, it it's not true. But we we appreciate the fact that Justin would be open to this idea and uh, I had a lot of fun with it um, you know I'm glad you guys were able to join us and uh, join me and glad to get going next week um, and again if you are interested in sponsoring this show please do not hesitate to reach out to me on Twitter uh, you can find me at, at Jack Pilgrim KSR or via email at jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com um, guys we will be back next week for another jam-packed Sources Say podcast of All right, we will see you guys then. All right, and when I say you can't make this stuff up, you seriously cannot make this stuff up. We just finished recording, as you previously heard, and as we are editing this podcast, Dacian Nix decides to announce his abrupt commitment to UCLA the night Literally less than 24 hours after he not only cut his list to five, but told multiple reporters that he was going to take all five of his official visits, has one actually scheduled to Alabama in late September. Obviously, that is not happening. Um, it, I, I am utterly speechless at this point, but uh, Jake, what 
what does this what is the what does this even mean? Where does Kentucky even go from here? I mean, now all the focus goes to Jalen and Josh. I mean, unless they want to go after another guard. I know that they were looking at Caleb Love and they had their sights set on some other guards. So I mean, that's probably where they'll go from here, but I'm shocked. I mean, I'll use baffled as a word. <laughs> I'm shocked. Travis, just what are your overall thoughts about this and, and just the, the timing of all of this? Well, as I said in the regular episode before this little excerpt, um, somebody did tell me that UCLA was in the driver's seat. And, well, I didn't go into detail, but, like, on August 4th, they texted me and said it was a, quote, done deal, but he wanted to offer from U.K., so I didn't think anything of that. He was getting it secondhand, so I didn't really think anything. Well, apparently that turned out to be tr- be correct. But the best thing is UK can go all in on what I think is going to be the best trio and get Josh Christopher to be the point guard prospect. And if they don't get him, I think that this will be the year that they get a graduate transfer point guard. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I know I touched on it a good bit during the podcast, but, um, you know, the Knicks camp was admittedly frustrated with the entire, you know, the, the, they understand how good of a point guard he is. They know that he is the best passing guard in the nation. Um, he is an elite playmaker. Players want to be with him or, you know, play around him, play with him. He is a, a team first guy. And, and I think that's, that's why elite, elite, elite players want to join him. And I think that's why their camp was so frustrated, not, only, not, I mean, not just with Kentucky and, and their pursuit and their lack of offer, but, you know, all of the, you know, aside from Kansas, I mean, he really did not have all of that, all of the blue, bu- blue blood interest that you'd see in the number one point guard in the nation every single year. Um, so it does not surprise me that he ended up at UCLA. I know we, we all mentioned on, on the podcast that UCLA was on the, was in the driver's seat. I know I mentioned in a couple posts on KSR just as early as last night, um, that if Kentucky does not offer or get seriously involved or decide that, you know, they're going to prioritize him, he's, he's UCLA's to lose. He, uh, the Knicks family had great, and his inner circle had great relationships with Kansas and Maryland, their coaching staffs. I know he w- said he was interested in, in Alabama and had a visit scheduled, but I mean, when he took that visit to UCLA and he realized how much he was being prioritized by Mick Cronin and the entire UCLA coaching staff, they realized that um, this is a place to be. And I, I do feel like they were holding out for an offer from UK and, you know, just, you know, this is a complete guess, no inside knowledge on this at all. But, you know, maybe after they included UK in, in their final five last night, they expected Kentucky to reach out and say, thank you so much. You know, let's make this happen. Let's get a visit scheduled. And maybe they heard crickets and said, you know what? Screw it. Let's just let's just go with our heart. Let's, you know, let's let's go with the um, guys we're comfortable with and, and commit to UCLA. I definitely think it could have been a case of them trying to force Kentucky's hand in this and Cal was just refusing to budge on his stance of no offer. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I when I say I'm baffled by the timing of this, I, I am just, I, I seriously cannot even stress that enough. I mean, less than 24 hours later, Dacian Nix is a Bruin. Um, yes, this absolutely means that, um, you know, if anything, this this helps Kentucky with their, their position with Jalen Green and Josh Christopher. I mean, they can look at those two in the eye and say, we just turned down the number one player in the country, or the number one point guard in the country, because we like you guys so much. We feel like you three are the go-to players in this class. You are our top targets in this class. 
where do you want to sign on, you know, sign on the dotted line. Let's make this happen. You are a priority. And, and I, I mean, just, you know, talking to, you know, people on, on in Christopher's camp and, and Green's camp, I think this is going to be something that they are very receptive to and very, you know, very appreciative of because, yes, Kentucky already admitted that they are prioritizing those those three, you know, B.J. Boston, Josh Christopher, and Jalen Green. And now that their only real point guard option is off the table, they have no other option but to put all their eggs in one basket and make this happen. Um with that, we will end this podcast officially, and uh, hopefully uh, we don't have to come back with another edit here in a couple minutes because other breaking news happened. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, and we look back, we are excited to be back here next week.